<laughs> Hello, kitties. Hello, boils and goos. It's my favorite time of fear. That's right, because it's Halloween. <laughs> it's also my favorite time of fear because of fantasy football. And today's fantasy football shout out is to Stinky League. <laughs> Let's welcome the Stinky cast. Of course, there's the Kamish Butty, who has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> I think I got a little something right there. Afredo creeps out online ghouls. Ew. Weasel is very spooky. Yes, we know that. And Jay is scared of IR and haunted by Jesicki. Or is it Gesicki? Either way, Jay is haunted by him. <laughs> Durazio is a corpse. A corpse. And Troy is a witness to what we don't know, but it's wet. It's drenched. <laughs> and listen, kiddies, while your RB is running through that hole, everyone eat that hole. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stinky Nation. And many thanks to our special guest at the front end, the Crypt Keeper. And welcome in to episode nine, season two of the Stinky Cast. And this episode is already off to a chilling start. And speaking of terrifying, this week on the field was a haunt for many of our owners out there for one reason or another. We will get into all of the regular treats in due time, but this week's episode also promises some tricks along the way. So without any further ado, let's kickstart our Halloween spooktacular. Brent, welcome in. Yeah, that's right, Jay. Big thanks to the Crypt Keeper for just slaying it in the intro. And uh, I'm sure you loved how he mentioned that you were being haunted by uh, Mike Gesicki in there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's time to get into this blood-curdling week of just hacked-up rodents, thieving trolls, pirates morphing back into snakes and eating bears alive, and shockingly empty Halloween bags. I mean... Not even the best alarm clocks will wake you up from this nightmare on Stinky Street this week. So before we get into the recaps, we do have a decent amount of feedback this week. So let's get straight away into the feedback corner this week. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. Margaret, what time is it? It's 12.56. Oh, fuck. It's 12.56? P.M. Oh my god, fuck. I didn't call a manual. There's no way that motherfucker went to the field. Fuck, I'm gonna get fined. Ah! This is not championship behavior at all. I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. Oh, shit. Uh, thank god I have this rolled up 20 in my pocket from all that Troy I did last night. I'm gonna need it for this fine. Margaret, I gotta go. I gotta get to the field. My team's a fucking train wreck this year. Stop doing Troy. Wow. Spross checking it in. I, I thought, honestly, that was going to be, like, 
maybe a dig at me when I heard the 1256 reference. <laughs> thinking, I'm thinking, oh no, what what have I done to get a shot at me here? But it's actually, I think, referring to uh, that hole that Spross had to eat this week. Yeah, that that's definitely Spross being woken up by the, the Delco alarm clock in, in Margaret there and uh, alerting him that he, you know, he had until 1256 to, you know, change his lineup and get Emmanuel Sanders out, which we'll talk about in the recaps when these calls are done. But yeah, that, that was a, that was a shot directly in the balls for Spross for, for just not getting his lineup in order with the uh, Emmanuel Sanders being on COVID. Then, like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the recaps, but, but uh, that would, that sounded like it was booby delivering that shot. Yeah. You know, I, I said Spross, but I, you know, the more I think about it, I don't think it was actually Spross. I think it, it is just yet another character of commissioner booby. I mean, he continues you know, he's like the, the schizophrenic character from the movie Splice or whatever. You know, he's like he's got more like personalities this year than I, you know, I don't know. What, what is he on? Like his eighth different kind of impression. I like it. I like the energy. So it wasn't Spross, but was that Margaret in the background? <laughs> <laughs> it, it maybe it could have been. We'll have wow. to get the wow. crack journalism team here at Stinky that- Cast to investigate. Yeah, we'll need an investigation for that. But until then, uh, we have a call coming in here from another supposed first-time caller for the season. So uh, let's get right into that one here. Ahoy, landlubbers. Artis the Nittany Lion from Penn State. I have your league hand here, Michael Schwarz, held captive for ransom. Has the Penn State football season be commencing and the Big Ten football season be commencing tonight between Wisconsin and Illinois? And you will never see him for the rest of your season unless he deliver two cases. Oh, tired hands ale to 98 Chinaberry Drive in Lafayette Hill, Pennsylvania. A new caller in Schwarz. He he hit us up. The pirate of Penn State, not the butt pirate of Penn State, the pirate (laughs) of Penn State. Uh, hitting us up on the feedback line with a little update. And that turned actually, you know, that was on Thursday. And I I don't think he could have even expected how scary that Penn State game was. Yeah, Schwarzy checking in uh, for the first time all year. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. Good to have you, Schwarz. And yes, that Penn State finale was definitely a fright for Schwarz. I'm certain of it. But like you said, that call came in on Thursday. He didn't even know what was about to ensue in his fantasy game this weekend which we'll touch on in the recaps, but an explosion, uh, like a finally, like a good performance for him this year. I kind of coincided, you know, that was like good fantasy karma that he decided to check in and contribute to the feedback corner. And then his team explodes for him in in due kind. Yeah. And sneakily, we'll get into it later, but I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's, I think he's four and three. So he, he's like a, a zombie coming back from the dead. He was, he was hanging in the toilet bowl for the, a while there. Now he's 
He's calling the feedback line. He's he's making a push for the playoffs here. It's a big come up for the uh, for the Fab Snake here. All right, so let's get into the next call here and hold on tight because it is a fierce one. Hey guys, this is Frank. Sorry, I'm a little winded. Booty's got me hanging up all these fucking TVs in this new mansion. Motherfucker wants a TV in every fucking room. It's fucking just tired, man. Let me tell you something, guys. You gotta invest in Bitcoin. I'll pay you guys all, whatever you want, ten thousand, a hundred thousand. I'll pay all you guys as much as you want. Just invest in Bitcoin. I want you guys to say that I'm smart with something. Bitcoin is what I'm smart about. I'm telling you, I'll do anything, guys. You want to borrow my house? You can have it. You want to borrow my wife? You can have her. You want to borrow my kids? I don't care. Just invent in Bitcoin, man. I'll pay you whatever you want. I'll give you fucking 80% commission on it, man. Just buy the fucking Bitcoin, man. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Bitcoin is the answer, man. We're going to be rich, man. I'm telling you, just try it. Just buy it. Oh, my God. Oh. Just Ouch. A, just a slasher movie there for uh, for booty as Frank, it sounds like. Oh, that was, that was cringeworthy, but also just so utterly hilarious. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Love that Joey Bags, Jay Scavenac impersonation. Uh, this one is right up there, I think, with the best calls of the year as well. I got to slide this one in there. There's just so much to unpack there. <laughs> the the desperation of, of of Frank played by the part of Booty playing or Booty playing the role of Frankie in vet begging the investments into Bitcoin. And I think the the peak of that call is when he offers his wife out. Oh god! Oh, that was just ferocious, man. That was just that was just scathing. Ouch, man. Wow, I'm I'm looking forward to Frank's feedback on that feedback call. I I really would like would like to hear what what his take is on that. Yikes, booty! I think he really really channeled that the WhatsApp conversation there. The, the day that I missed like 140 messages that one day when I was really busy at work, I think that Booty's like 45-second call just kind of summarized that entire 140 messages. Yeah, it was like a lot of pent-up reaction to uh, to all the Bitcoin talk coming out all at once and just this just exacerbated message, and it was just awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's not kill that one too much and move on to the next one. And you know, I think this guy has been in the feedback corner every week, so I think we would miss him at this point if he if he didn't show up one week. So let's get into it. Welcome back to Sunday Football. I'm here with my co-host Joe Buck. We're here doing all the games as usual. Joe, before we get into the games, I want to talk a little bit about this young fella, Danucci. Let me tell you something. He took the field today late in the game after that ginger left with an injury. And let me just tell you something. This kid, I don't know if he's a good football player or not, but his family, Danucci brothers, earlier today in downtown Dallas, you want to talk about a great pork sandwich. This guy can serve pork like the best of them. Outside of that, I don't know what's going on with this Dallas team in the same way I don't know what's going on with this trash heap of this empty bags team. This team is about as empty as a Halloween bag during a COVID season. You know what I mean? He's got nothing. He's going nowhere. All I can say, not the year for empty bags. Danucci bros catering 
at Booty's house with the chicken parm sandwiches and and you know the melted cheese. He just got off topic there talking about the new cheese. Wow, yeah, that Troy checking in and he did not do his customary uh, July's Matter take, um, which you know, would be kind of an obvious week to do it, uh, as we'll get into Booty's explosive week later on in the recaps. But one thing I want to highlight about that call is Booty continues to take shots at Joey Bats. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what exactly is the motivator behind this. I think if I had to guess, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, but Joey was really talking up his Hall of Fame snubbing in the offseason. And I think it's pretty damn obvious that his boy Steve gets in and you get in. I don't think there's any, any argument about you getting in. So I think it's pretty damn obvious that Joey Bags thinks that he should have been in because he keeps saying he should have been in. And the, the person that I think he thinks he should be in for is none other than the commish booty. So I think booty has kind of connected those dots as well. And he is just taking victory laps over Joey Bags' body this year as Bags has a mediocre to subpar year and Booty is the MVP of the league right now. I think he's really savoring Joey's struggles. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little ambiguous though. Like I, I, I kind of think that Bags was inferring that he should have got in over Durazio. But I think both I think both Durazio and Booty think that they are the ones that, in Bags' mind. Like right. individually, that they, so it's just like leaving it wide open is just messing with everyone's heads there. That's a that's a, that's that's a fair point. Maybe maybe we'll have to have Joey on sometime and just ask him the question directly, or we if did. he wants to chime in. We did. I straight up, you're right. I you're straight right, up right. asked him when we had him as, as an interview. You're right. You're right. I do remember. I do remember. And he refused to answer. Right, and that's what's causing all the all the uncertainty between everyone. So I I think maybe he'll, we'll have to corner him at the banquet. And really, and really get an answer out of him. I like it. I like it. But watch, watch your back, Joey. Watch yourself, because you've got the co-host of the Stinky Cast on your ass at the <laughs> banquet. All right, all right. Let's get into the uh, the next one here. Hi, this is CBS calling the Stinky League office. We would first like to apologize for all the glitches that have been occurring on our website over the past few weeks. Now it took quite some time to locate where these strange glitches were coming from, but we have now identified the source. And there is a ton of paranormal activity coming from this one-win team in your league, Nazi Steve. Instead of players that actually put up points to help him get wins, all we found on his team were ghosts, vampires, Werewolves, boogeymen, ghoulies, devils, mummies, Frankensteins. Man, what a, a shot at Durazio and just listing all of the scrubs and Halloween references on his roster right now. Ouch. Yeah, speaking of you know, taking things personally and kind of carrying things over from past years. I, I mean, Tucci, is, I, he's just been longing for this, for, for a season where Terrazio is just utterly terrible. And, I, you know, it, but it looked like Tucci was going to make the playoffs earlier in the year. I, I would not think that he will at this point. I, I do not think he's going to make it at this point. So, I mean, Tucci, get your shots in while you can, bro, because once you miss the playoffs after that 3-0 start, not going to be a good look. 
Yeah, you know, one thing he didn't mention on that list was weasels. There was a lot of different creatures, <laughs> but no weasels mentioned. I wonder if that omission was on, on purpose or not, you know? I would think – didn't hear any about any honey badgers either, though. That's true. That's true. I guess <laughs> I guess they're not uh, accepted Halloween creatures for the weasel. So um, last call here and another reoccurring character. Nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom. Hello, Tucci. Are you there? Are you there, Chuchi? I wanted to tell you that I have a cookie for you. It is one of my special circular donut cookies. It looks like a donut, but the cookie has a hole. So I say, eat my hole. Eat my hole from the cookie monster, Chuchi. Weasel, I'll get all the weasel cookie. <laughs> The Yoda monster, we'll call it. <laughs> the Yoda monster checking in with uh, some some words for the caller right before that in the weasel. Wow, yeah, that's like the kiss of death. Uh, is the is the the Yoda monster call offering a cookie to whoever his victim is that week? It's like. You know, it's like when an assassin leaves like a flower or some shit is like like in your body. Like that's the the Yoda monster bringing bearing the cookie of death to his to his victims every week. I boy, I hope I don't get served the cookie when I play booty. Yeah, that is his signature move to just finish off his opponent is just do the nom, 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 nom. And, and there he goes. Cookie mm. monster on his way. All right. Well, that was a, that was a pretty good feedback corner, I have to say. It was good. Very spirited feedback corner. Uh, that the Halloween spectacular is off to a roaring start, guys. Great, great calls. Um, Brent, where where do you want to begin? I think I have a pretty good indication of where you would like to get started on this recap. Yeah, you know, from that intro where where the crypt keeper told everyone to eat that hole, we're gonna have to start off with probably one of the most egregious hole eating that's happened so far this year, and that is in the Spross game. So let's get right into that one here and talk about how he had Emmanuel Sanders go on COVID IR, I think on Friday it was, mm. uh, and he had the entire weekend to swap him out of his lineup. And, you know, just let's take a look at what happened here. So Emmanuel Sanders on IR in his lineup, he gets fined for that one. The Delco alarm clock did not go off in time for him to wake <laughs> up and uh, you know make that change on Sunday. And had he put in Melvin Gordon, that would have been an injection of 11 points in his lineup that would have put him at 110. That wins in the game. Yeah, Brent. Uh, just just to follow up, uh, he was Sanders was announced at 5:30 p.m. on Friday uh, that he would not be playing this week. So yes, he uh, Spross had uh, not only a fab run but two full days basically to make some kind of a substitution there. He doesn't. And it wasn't just Melvin Gordon. Uh, he had three players on his bench on buys and a quarterback. So there was really only two active bench options for him this week, which would have been Melvin Gordon or D Jacks, Deshaun Jackson. And either one of them had he put either one of the two active guys that played this week, in for Sanders, he would have won this game. Ouch. Now, hold on. Deion, uh, Deshaun Jackson got 6.1. That puts him at uh, 10. Uh, that doesn't get him the win. Deshaun what? does not get him the win. 
It does. He lost 107.78 to 103.86. Are my, are my numbers, are they skewed here? I have him at 99, 99.86. Interesting. Okay. There must have been an adjustment. Are you looking at let me do a Let me do a refresher here. Let me refresh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He lost. Yeah, he, I had his defense at five points, but they were actually at one point. So, right. yeah, so you're right. So you're right. Yes, the, the Gordon substitution would have been the only one to get it done for him. Uh, so as you, as you highlight, though, he's going to have to eat that hole, Brent. Um, yes. And TJ gets, you know, uh, kind of a crappy, low-pointed win here. But, you know, nonetheless, a, a win is a win. He, he rides the coattails for another week of uh, Russell Wilson. Really, he, he got pretty much nothing from anybody else on his team other than and, Wilson. And that's the thing. That's why TJ will be dangerous every week, except for the one that Russell Wilson is on by, because, you know, you're going to have to deal with like a minimum of 40 points from Russell Wilson, and he's going to get to like a hundred every week. So you, if you have an off week against TJ, you can almost forget about it because of Russell Wilson. Right. All right. So I think we, I think we hit the Delco alarm clock pretty hard so we can move on to, Another pretty pretty wild finish game, and that was my game versus Fredo. Mm. And I, th- this is the second time mm. this season where I have lost a game by less than one point. That is just brutal luck there. Mm. Yeah, Brent, this game, this was a hard one to watch, obviously, because, uh, you know, I, I bet Frank the, the 50 spot when he was beating his meat at 3-0 that he would not make the playoffs. I offered the same bet to Tucci. Tucci weaseled out of that, that bet, no pun intended there. Uh, Frank was man enough to take it. And look, I harbor no ill will towards Frank. I, I would like to see Frank succeed, but I want him to earn it. I don't want him to be sitting in toilet bowl range with a garbage record, which somehow sneakily like lets him sneak in the back door like at gunpoint into the playoffs. So I obviously, when I saw that Frank was not going to break 100 this week, I, I was obviously rooting for you to get the win. And it was ever so close on, on Monday night. I mean, you needed like 13 from Brown last night, and you got 11.7. So I was like chewing my fingernails off, hoping that you would get over the hump and put an L on this guy's fucking column, Brent. I mean... Come on. How, is this guy going to – is he going – is Frank going to make the playoffs? Yeah!
Well, now hold on, hold on. I'm going to bring that up a little okay. bit later in the show. We want, we're not okay. going to dive into that too much. Okay. Let's just stick to the game. Okay. I was, I mean, I could talk about the, the game for okay. like an entire episode and all of the small moments that would have led to a Frank loss, like a wide open Malcolm Brown in the first quarter mm. that Jared Goff threw a freaking missile to the other side of the country when he was wide open. That's, that's a win right, right there for me. That catch, that's a right. win. Cause that was guaranteed like 15 yard catch. I mean, Frank picks up the Jaguars. De- who, who, how, how would anyone pick up the Jaguars defense playing against, you know, one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league and Justin right. Herbert and not get in the he- heavy negatives because they blocked right. a punt and got a touchdown. Like, are you kidding me Absurd. with that, with that kind of stroke of luck? I mean, it was, it was just, a series Absurd. of ridiculous events. Julio Jones is getting 97 yards instead of 100. Like, that that puts him over the hump. Like, so many different things. Josh Allen had two touchdowns called back in the game. Like, right. And, and not let me, just, let me just jump in there on Josh Allen because both of your quarterbacks, both stud quarterbacks, both underperformed. But Mahomes just legitimately did not play a good game. Like, one of, one of his most puzzlingly, like, bad games, even though Kansas City easily wins the game. So, who cares? But Josh Allen... They're moving the ball all over the field. He has like 400 total yards, and they just can't, for whatever reason, just cannot get it in the red zone. Like you said, there were some things that they got called back. But, I mean, Frank, really, he dodged, as, you, as you're pointing out here, he dodged a number of bullets. Uh, man, Frank, he, he has like a four-leaf clover jammed up his ass. I or think. a voodoo doll, like, of his opponents. And he's, just, right. and he's just poking away at his little voodoo dolls, like, sitting there beating his meat with his voodoo dolls and getting these lucky ass wins, you know, like, you know, I I saw him say something like, you know, I'm not a fraud team. I'm just lucky. Your wins are lucky, but categorically your, your team is a fraud team right now. Correct. Because the, the, the wins are lucky, but when you are in the toilet bowl based on points and in the playoffs based on record, you are by very definition, a fraud of a team. Right. Like I said, more on that later. Let's move on to the next game. We talked, we okay. beat this one enough. Um, so I'm going to invest in chain link. It looks like, and he's going to manage it so that I make <laughs> money. So I guess I lost that bet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You lose, you lose the bet, but you win money. You get money either way. Okay. All right. So <laughs> the, the empty bags versus Mr. Little D's energy overcompensator. Oh hmm. man, Bags gets hung with another L in this one. And Russ, you know, he's scrappy. He's he's putting up points, and I think he's going to continue to do this. So teams better watch out towards the end of the season. I don't think he's going to be an easy W for teams as Bags finds out this week. And you know, he can hang it on a few different people. C.D. Lamb with point one. Freeman gets hurt, gets point eight. I mean. You know, that Dallas offense with CeeDee mm. Lamb is just crumbling. I don't even know if he's going to be startable moving forward. There wasn't anything on Bags's bench that sticks out that would have saved him from this loss. It was just it was just an L to, to Russell. Yeah, it was. I know he was going back and forth with his quarterback situation. Asked me for a little bit of input. I kind of led him towards Carr. So, luckily, Bridgewater had a pretty good game. So, I was kind of – I felt bad that I probably would have cost him points. But it ended up being pretty much a wash. Um, and it did not uh, really cost him. Like you said, there's really nothing uh, on the bench. Speaking of nothing on the bench, uh, Russ had 2.44 total points on his bench, so he made all, all the right calls there, obviously. He did, especially with the football <laughs> team. Uh, I hate saying that, but the, for the football team, with uh, he getting 20 points out of, out of that spot start on D, that was a nice call by him, and, and it clearly was 
the differentiator in that game. Yeah, and a lot of good, good, uh, you know, performances by Russ all the way up and down. Very, very even uh, contributors there, and uh, a kicker, and the kicker, and he's going to be getting uh, CMC back this week, so getting a boost there. I mean, Russ. I mean, while he's you know done, I don't believe he can make the playoffs. I, I mean, the record just is not where it would need to be at this point. But he, Russ is is really making a case to get out of that toilet bowl. Like he does not want to be in there, and I think he's looking like. The arrow is pointed up on him for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, we talked about Mike Davis and CMC being a watch, but Mike Davis, has his arrow has been pointing downward the last mm-hmm. two weeks. So getting CMC back is definitely going to be a boost of big-time proportions to this roster. I mean, um, I think he's had 10 and 6 points the last two weeks. And, you know, as we yep. talked today on Tuesday, the news of CMC coming back into the lineup this week has just been rapidly pointing upward he shows up to practice takes his shirt off and he's ready to rock and roll i'd be ready to rock and roll if he showed up and took (laughs) his shirt off around me (laughs) Uh, of course of course all right let's get on to the next game here and that is your game versus prb gifts and emojis 24 7 from hell and you know it might have been a little scary there with uh kyler murray just like constantly putting up points in that sunday night game but you held on for the win, and PRB eats that hole, gets a fine because he started Higby, had no backups on his roster, not even like a Gerald Everett to maybe back that up, mm-hmm. and he was more concerned with picking up Antonio Brown than he was a backup tight end. He gets the fine. He gets the loss. Yeah, I mean, not a terrible game for him. Uh, he, you know, he put up a pretty decent amount of points, even with just the fact that he played only eight players. He got a big Kyler Murray performance. Uh, for me, you know, it's what, what, whatever, whenever something even goes well for me, it still is all bad. Uh, I just can't get any breaks anywhere. I was, I was watching the 1 PMs and I was like, yo, my team is finally here to play. This is what I've been waiting for all year. The vision has come to fruition. DJ Moore is finally not being a third option dick bag. Brown. I called that, by the way. You did. You did. I, I um, up, not on the show, but in between shows and our conversations, I said I wanted to start a new segment, which actually, you know, we didn't talk about that pre pre recording, but maybe we can do that in the in the C block and and like uh, and, and talk about our two bold segment that we want to uh, incorporate right. and and have like a, a bold prediction for a player prop each week. And this week, my won't to you was I think it was Saturday. I told you. DJ Moore, two touchdowns this week, book it. And he got Correct. two touchdowns this week. You did. So you nailed that. And I was I was loving that. And then our Arthur Juan Brown, finally <laughs> back, finally healthy. This guy, guys, has been sneakily like a top five wide receiver in points per game when he actually plays this year. Uh, finally going off. A-Rodge going off. I'm sitting at like, who knows, like 130-something after the ones. With and then, my two RBs, my and, my and, top two players going at night, and then it's a fucking haunted house fest, both of them out. Dude, you know what's crazy, though? They each had 34 running yards, seven receiving yards, and one catch before they left the game. Bizarre. Spooky. Crazy. In the same game, obviously, and the same as you highlighted, the same number of points, 4.6 apiece. And I mean, it's just just when it looked like I might be joining Rustle on the upswing out of the toilet. Now I have no running back. So we, we don't need to touch on that too much more. Uh, I do get the win. PRB drops to five and two. 
Uh, somehow I have, I've scrounged three wins this year. I'm not quite sure how that's happened, but I'll take as many as I can get. Yeah, you have more wins than me, and you're the one who's been the sky is falling. <laughs> the time. Uh, so, yeah, all right, we can move on past that game. Nice W for you there. I told you I wanted to pick you to win this week, and I said I was going to pick PRB so that you did win because you do the opposite of whatever I say. And here we go again. You did it again. I should have just picked you because I knew you were going to win this week. All right, next we have the Stover versus Durazio game. Littlefinger takes the L in this one despite – Brady popping off for five touchdowns, 50 points total. Still can't overcome a team that didn't have Lamar this week because Devontae Adams just went berserk on him. Yeah, Devontae kind of neutralized that 50-point performance by Brady, but obviously Littlefinger, he's just in a world of hurt. I mean, I am in a world of shit. He, he gets 50 points and just like barely gets into the one teens. 50 points for one player and just gets into the one team. I mean, this is just, it's just not a good season for Steve. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Uh, one and six now for him. And I mean, still over 135, not, not, you know, his, you know, the, what he did last week, obviously in week one, but 135 is a very strong week. You get 135, you would anticipate you're going to get the win. He does. He gets up to four and three. He was, he's been, you know, a little touch and go this season, but the last two, three weeks, he has really turned it on. Now there is a lineup decision here that would have been, that would have tilted the game. And it's not an outlandish one. You know, it's not like starting a scrub over a top player or anything like that. It's the Mike Williams start over Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson got 24.5. Mike Williams had 0.9. I think by my math, that would have been a W for Durazio. Yeah, that would have gotten him the win. I mean, it's a tough call. Williams is going up against an ass defense in Jacksonville and a sizzlingly hot quarterback there um, in Herbert. And then Deontay, on the other hand, I mean, he has been good this year when he's been in the games, but the guy just can't stay healthy. can't stay on the field. It seems like every time Durazio does start him, he gets hurt in the first quarter. It's like Deontay is to Durazio as Mike Gesicki is to me. You just can't win. It's a winless situation. Durazio basically speaks it into existence. Had he started Deontay this week, he would have had the .9. He keeps him on the bench. Instead, he gets the 25, and it costs him the win. So would you consider this a scapping officially? Well, I think the scapping, it would, it would depend on if he actually had Deontay in the lineup for the bulk of the week and then pulled him last second. Kind of the timing of it is involved in the scapping, the second guessing of it, and then like talking yourself into a loss. That's all like, but on the surface, yes, this would merit scapping consideration. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I can see the log here, and on 10-24, p.m., he had Deontay Johnson in for A.J. Green. And then oh, oh my. three minutes later, he switched it to A.J. Green being in. Now, 10-24 by my clock is, I think that's Saturday, right? Yes. So he was in all, presumably, he was probably in all week. And then he did the old substitution there. So, yeah, he scapped himself. He, he, sca- he, he scapped himself. And he it was scapped. A.J. Green was the culprit this time. 
Interesting. And, and AJ Green seems to be a prolific person involved in the scapping. So yeah, you know, it's true. It's true. So, so it makes sense. It's all, it all adds up. And when you add it up, it equals a loss to Durazio. Yes, it does. So we can move on to the next game here. We're really, we're really cranking here. And this is just, oh my God. You want to, t- oh, this is a hundred and 14 mm. point difference here mm. in score and Jew lives matter with the highest scoring game of the season, 204.58 over the weasel who doesn't crack a hundred. Once again, this is his third loss in a row. And I think it was like a premonition. He left a call saying that the weasel was laying on the side of the road as roadkill. I'll play it here. Hi. Yes. I'm uh, calling to have the township remove some roadkill. I'm down here at the intersection at 252 Westchester Pike. There seems to be a uh, dead animal in the road. There you go. Oh. And then we have ourselves a case of serious, just decrepit roadkill weasel on the side of the road left by Jew Lives Matter. Woof. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, Booty just absolutely explosive this week. I mean, he gets... He makes the right call. I think it was. I think it was the easy. I think it was an obvious call, though, um, with his three quarterbacks. I, I think Herbert was the clear and obvious choice this week. But it was a big time right move because uh, Herbert gets as much as the other two combined in this game. So he puts up a big 50, 53 spot. Then I mean, the big thing here in this game: forty-one from a defense. Whoa! Like when you see in the forties for a defense. Like, yeah, you're going to get near 200 points, especially if your quarterback's putting up 50. I mean, he got 95 points from two positions here. Insane. And those two positions were enough alone to beat Tucci's entire team this week. And, you know, Weasel would have almost lost to to Booty's bench. Booty's bench, I mean, granted, there's two quarterbacks sitting there. But, right. I mean, his bench had 75 and Weasel had 90. And, and Drew Lives Matter put up. 204 and he ate that hole at tight end because Mark Andrews was on by and he put in fells and got zero out of him still had 204. Yeah. And you know, as, as the arrow continues to trend up on July's matter, the draft weasel is just, he is in a major funk. He was three and oh, he's now one and three since, and his points are not very healthy looking. He's got another tough matchup this week. I don't know what he's going to do with quarterback. He has no other quarterback on his bench. Will he start Ben Roethlisberger at Baltimore? That's a tough, tough spot to be at. Connor also going um, in that game. I mean, does not look like this is going to be a get well week for him by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, can he stop the bleeding? I don't think so. I think the weasel is precipitously dropped out of playoff consideration. It's definitely not looking good for Weasel. He's got to be feeling it this week after just getting just flattened, pancaked by Booby and in the calls, too. So let's move on to the next game here, and that is our lock of the week. Jay, we mm. nailed this one. Mm. Yeah. We nailed it. We, you know, we took Gare Bear just confident that this was just going to be a drubbing, and Gare Bear loses by over 100 points to Schwarz, the, the PSU Pirate, calling in and beating Gare Bear by 182-86 to 81.62. And Gare Bear gets a negative from his quarterback this week and a negative out of his flex. Just 
a nightmare week. Point three from Claypool. Like it was just it was just a horrendous week for Gare Bear. And that's his second loss in a row, by the way. This was a house of horrors week for Gare Bear for sure. Uh, thank you, Gary, for getting negative at the quarterback position. Therefore, I'm not the only person this year to get a negative at the quarterback spot. Appreciate that. Um, yes, and as you highlighted, it just it was just all it was all wrong. Everything was wrong this week uh, for for Gare Bear, and he actually I don't I don't know that he got 18 last night from his Rams defense. That's pretty much the only position that get, like performed up to expectation going into the game, and it looked like this negative 18. Who knows? It could be the swan song for Cam Newton. He's admitted that his job is in jeopardy now there. So, and New England looks terrible. So who knows what he's going to do at quarterback. Luckily, he's got Drew Brees there on his bench. But um, on the other end, Schwartz, I mean, the game of the year for him, obviously. Uh, who knows? I, I don't really think that, that this is going to be sustainable now moving forward. Godwin is out for a couple, couple games, I hear, with a, with a broken finger. Uh, so that's that's breaking news today. And then Lockett, what, that's like the biggest game I think I've ever seen. I don't believe I've ever seen uh, in the '60s no, out of we, anything but a quarterback. I think I think there was like a Will Fuller game last year where he had like 63 or something. I, I don't, I'll have to check on that, but th- that is certainly one of the highest games. I mean, he had 200 yards, three touchdowns, but um, you know, Gio Bernard with 18 points. I also want to highlight. I brought it up earlier in the intro about Fab's uh, Pirates turning into Fab Snakes. He won Gio Bernard for me on Saturday night in that bid, and we both had 16. And because even though he had more wins, he has less points than me. Mm. So he won the tie bid for Bernard. That would have gotten me the win, by the way. And he got 18 oh. points out of him there. Um, oh. So nice nice play by Schwarz, um, you know, getting him because he's going to need him, I think, for maybe another week or so. So he might be able to sustain us. We will see. Um, you know, like you said, Godwin has that fractured finger, might miss a game or two. So it's, it's going to be tough for him. And I think Deshaun Watson is off this coming mm-hmm. week, but we'll talk about that more in the pick segment as this is the final pick of the um, recaps here. And uh, that we had, an even, we had an even week going against each other. We, we did. We, we tied. It was a draw this week. Uh, and I picked, not, not a good week at all, mind we, you. We both, went, we both went two and five. I picked two upsets and only hit on one of them. It was uh, Rustle did it for me, and Durazio did not do it for me. So that kind of swung it right there. Wow. Un- unbelievable. Um, <sighs> scary, scary week on the field for many owners uh, this week. Definitely, as we highlighted in that last game, Gary, I know. He's got a tough game this week, I think, too. But going to be looking at, to halt a two-game losing streak. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But, Brent, look, I know we have a frighteningly packed show here, but we still have to slide a few breaks in here for the sponsors. And little does Stinky Nation know, we are working on a few new projects here. Uh, Now, with the ongoing COVID crisis, these will be going direct to streaming services, and we are shopping them around as we speak. We have some competitive bids in between Amazon and Netflix. Uh, but Sneaky Nation, we're going to get you a sneak peek here and make sure that you guys help to get the word out. And as always, join us after this quick break because we still have a ton of scares left for you on this show.
It starts innocently enough. A bunch of bros on a group text chain. But eventually, he will find you. And once he does, there is no stopping it. Destroy your phone. Change your number. Nothing can save you now. From those three little dots, accompanied with the caption, PRB is typing. He knows everything about you. Where you went to school. Your preferred ejaculation methods. And before long, you will be hit with a never-ending array of pointless gifts and the worst emojis that situationally make no sense and contribute nothing to the current conversation or topic. Shudder with utter terror as your chat chain is taken over with no end in sight. Coming this Halloween season to a fantasy football WhatsApp chain near you. PRB, gifts and emojis from hell. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. And I don't know about you, but that sounds very, very scary indeed, especially that part about the ejaculations. You, Brent. Ugh. Man. Yeah, Yikes. I mean, he is strangely obsessed with, <laughs> with where we place our ejaculation. It's weird. He loves the, the – and he loves, speaking of gifts and emojis, he loves that glazed donut gif. He, <laughs> he loves that one too. Well, I don't, I don't really want to talk too much about that, Brent. But, but what do you say, Brent, that we fill the good girls and boys of Stinky Nation's bags up with some treats in this segment here and jump into the best segment of the entire week? Take it away, Brentley, with the Stinky Stats. All right, here we go. Another week of Stinky Stats. And I'm going to start it off with a stat from the Monday night game, and it was the Bears rushed for 49 yards on Monday night football. That was the Bears' fourth consecutive game with fewer than 65 rush yards, and that is the only time they've had four straight such games in the Super Bowl era. Wow. And I brought that up because, man, was their play calling frustrating to watch. I mean, I think Nick Foles bitched about it, but I was, I was complaining about it to you the whole game. Yeah, there was no urgency. They weren't. It, it was just like you said. It was just a weird. They basically seemed like they were behind the the clock all the time. They were constantly like behind the down and distance. Like every every play was practically predictable in the sense that the absolute wrong play call was the play call that they went with like all night long. Yeah, it was it was awful. I mean, they they barely deserved to be in that game because of that um that fumble recovery touchdown, but. Regardless, I can move on to the next one here, and that is Russell Wilson is listed at 5'11". Kyler Murray is listed at 5'10". That Sunday night game was the first game in the Super Bowl era in which two quarterbacks under six feet tall have both passed for 250-plus yards. Wow, and they both had, what, like 60, 70 rushing yards, too? Yeah, just explosive games. That you know that that Sunday night game should have been the Monday night game, to be honest with you. But um, all right. So speaking of that, there's some more stats to come out of that game, and it's Russell Wilson threw his 20th pass touchdown 
on his 174th pass attempt of the season. That is the fewest pass attempts to a player's 20th pass TD of a season since at least 1991. Yeah, Russell continues his tear, obviously throws the three picks um, and gets the loss in so doing. Uh, so not not uh, you know a great game uh, on by that stretch, but uh, you know he continues. I still would say he's he's the front runner for league MVP, um, and he is leading the NFL still with tw- the twenty two touchdown uh, passes. Brent, I don't want to step on your toes here on the stats, but I don't know if you you were going to allude to this or mention it. Uh, do you know who is second in the NFL in touchdown passes this year behind Russell Wilson? Tom Brady. Tom Brady right. is second in the league right now with eighteen touchdown passes, trailing only. Russell Wilson at 22, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is third. Now, he has played a one fewer game than Brady and has only one fewer touchdown pass, but those are your top three. So, Russell Wilson uh, and then two washed-up old guys who were done uh, in second and third with Brady and Rodgers. So, you know, I did have a Brady note later on. I'll bring it up right now since you went there. Um, Brady is up is up to QB6 in stinky scoring uh, for quarterbacks, trailing only Watson, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Wilson in that order. Yeah, I know. I know how much you love the projections. Tom Brady is projecting to have 4,400 yards, 42 touchdowns, and nine interceptions this year. I don't think that'll happen, but he's off, he's definitely not washed up. I'll give you that. All right, next up, um, it's still in the Seahawks game. They gained uh, 377 total yards in the first half versus cool. Arizona. That's the most by any team in a half of a game this season. Yeah, they definitely were moving the ball with ease. Uh, Chris Carson was definitely uh, chewing up yards there in those first eight minutes. <laughs> would have loved to see him play all you know, 70 of the minutes, but it wasn't in the cards. That would have moved you up in the uh, points scored uh, for sure, and we'll talk about that later. Um, we did talk about Cam Newton's negative point game, but he did reach 30,000 career passing yards, and he is now the first player in NFL history with 30,000-plus passing yards and 5,000-plus rushing yards. Interesting. And the league MVP, the Super Bowl berth. Still don't think he even sniffs the Hall of Fame, but maybe he does. Maybe he does, Brent. Hashtag 2020, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I see where you're going there. All right. Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow combined to throw throw five go-ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. That was three from Mayfield, two from Burrow. That's the most go-ahead touchdown passes in the fourth quarter of a game in NFL history. That was a crazy game. I was obviously, as most of us do, I was watching League Pass during that. And, uh, man, that was uh, what a – it's probably Baker's highlight game of his entire career with when you factor in the five touchdowns as well. And I think only like six incomplete passes. Uh, but, boy, did they need that. Could you imagine what the press would be doing to Cleveland and Baker if they lost that game? Man. Yeah, absolutely. He would get eviscerated. But, you know, if that, if that Joe Burrow game was on primetime – People would be, you know, holding him up in the same regard that they do with Herbert after seeing him in primetime. It's like that bias of uh, primetime games where, you know, if they play in the afternoon game and you only see the highlights going by on red zone, you know, you don't you don't treat it as as big of a game as if it's you watch the whole game on primetime where the announcers are just throating them the whole time. Right. All right. So. This is the first time in NFL history that every team in a division has had fewer than three wins through week seven. That's the NFC least. And yeah. Before you go, I know you have a lot to say on this. 
I'm, I'm going to point out this next one, and then I'm going to say something, and then I'll let you go, all right? So take that stat about the NFC East, and now the NFC West has now a combined 704 win percentage. That's 19 and 8 combined record. That's tied for the second highest combined win percentage for division through seven weeks since the 1970 merger. And the reason I stacked those two is because these anomalies happen. Okay, you know this is like the best year ever for the NFC East or NFC West, and it's and it's one of the worst ever for the NFC East. So. Obviously, there's going to be some, you know, inequalities when when you look at the playoff picture. Yeah, and, you know, you bring this up, and you know that I have something to say about it because this absolutely drives me insane. Everybody on WhatsApp knows it too. It's not, and it's not like I'm not disparaging the Eagles uh, because that you guys are all from Philly or whatever. I'm, it's just situational. It's because it is the NFC East that is producing this. It's gonna, it's honestly, it's gonna be the second year in a row. You had a 13 win team in the West last year. And an 11 team Seattle, 11 win Seattle team last year, who just nobody thought Seattle would make the playoffs last year. They they outproduced their what their expectations were last year behind who I thought was the MVP of the league in Russell Wilson last year, uh, and their reward for winning 11 games uh, in that ridiculously stacked division last year, where there was a 13. Uh, and three winner in San Francisco was they had to go on the road and play at nine and seven Philadelphia in the playoffs. Now it's going to happen again to a West team again this year with an East team. When you highlighted it, like the West has fought three teams with five wins right now. I mean, the, the East has seven wins total. It's incredible. The, the disparity that's happening there. And, the, and look, I think a division winner should make the playoffs, even if they're under, under 500, but all I'm saying is, NFL, we need to make some changes. We need to have a team under 500 should not be hosting a team that wins 11 or 12 games and comes out of a division where every team is over 500 in plus differential. Fair enough. And, end of that, that rule could be revised, um, and I would have a big problem with that. So um, Devontae Adams mm. is the first Green Bay player with 150-plus receiving yards and two-plus receiving touchdowns in two games in a season since Antonio Freeman back in 1998. Now, the reason why – part of the reason why I included this stat is because do you remember that crazy Halloween game that um, Antonio Freeman just had this bonkers catch mm -hmm. where he had no business catching the ball? It, like, bounced off his foot – and off the defender defender's foot, and he like had this catch. I just remember as a kid that being a crazy Halloween game. Brent, I sure do remember that game because it was against the Vikings, I believe, on yes, like Monday it, night. It was right, and I, because I was Randy Moss is like my favorite player ever in the NFL. So like when I was watching that game on Monday night, and that was like an in overtime or something, I believe it. That was a walk off touchdown because I you know I'm watching that game, and the game essentially should have been over and that that happened uh and that yeah so I, I i absolutely do remember that game and i didn't remember antonio um antonio freeman's stat line there but i do 100 percent remember that game and that touchdown yeah that's uh you know big reason why i brought that up i associate that game to halloween football all right so <laughs> daniel jones is adr i can't even say this <clears throat> without laughing Daniel Jones's 80-yard run gave the Giants more rushing yards than any Giants running back has had in a full game this season. But I, you know, I can't, I can't stop laughing because every time I hear about that run, I just visualize him falling and the announcer just saying, "Gets a block, takes off, and he is gone." 
Trying to stay upright and he trips. I still love that ESPN headline. Daniel Jones tackles himself. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite plays of the year. All right. So uh, Steelers at Titans. You, you really hyped this game up last week. And it was the fifth game in NFL history between two undefeated teams in week seven or later. The winner of the previous four such games went on to make the Super Bowl that season, which bodes well for your Steelers. And I've been saying it since January. I've been saying Steelers, Buccaneers, Super Bowl. I've been saying it all offseason, all during the beginning part of this year. Bucks over the Steelers in Tampa in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it's going to be that's going to be a hell of a game, I think, in the playoffs uh, when the Steelers and Kansas City play because. Man, Kansas City's defense is also the truth. So those two teams, uh, the the collision of those two teams, uh, that will really be quite a freaking AFC championship game if that is indeed what it's going to be. And, you know, on the NFC side, I really do like the Buccaneers here as we approach the midpoint. I think probably the Chiefs would beat the Buccaneers, though, in a potential matchup, whereas Tom Brady will plant his mushroom stamp <laughs> on the Steelers' faces yet again in the postseason if that's the matchup. Oh, man. So staying in the uh, in that division, if you took away all the points the Ravens have scored this year on offense, they would still have a better point differential than the Jets. Wow. The, Jet, yeah. the Jets could not be worse. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is the first time in the Super Bowl era three teams have started five and two or better while being outscored. That's the Bears, Browns, and Bills. Wow, that yeah. that is an interesting man. That's like a that's like a Frankie feedback kind of uh kind it of is. team. They're, is. They're, they're getting it, neg- it, it, negative differential and they're five and two. Yes, that's exactly why I brought it up because that's gonna we'll bring that up a little bit later. All right, so the now benched Fitz Magic has the highest total QBR of any season in his career. And, you know, I thought he was going to be on board with being benched and letting Tua take over. He's not happy. And and that stat right there kind of points out why. I mean, it's not just like him specifically, like for his career that he's having a good year or comparatively to his own career. Like this guy's having a great year. Like he's like he is sixth in overall total QPR in the NFL right now after whatever, seven games behind in order, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Tannehill, Carr, and Breeze. Other than that, Fitzpatrick is above everyone else, including Russell Wilson in QBR right now. Yeah. I mean, that's gotta be brutal having like the best season of your career and just get, get yanked for, uh, for Tua, but you know, such is life in the NFL. Um, if you add up Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci, Ben DiNucci, big, big popular guy on the, on the cast this week. If you, the cast. Up, if you add up Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci's QBR from week seven, it totaled 7.5. <laughs> yeah, pretty that, that is pretty low. All right. So my bizarre stat is not football related, but since we were talking about Frank Oz being the voice of both Cookie Monster and Yoda, I felt like the bizarre file this week would be to point out that I don't know if you know this, but you know that Jabba the Hutt sidekick little little weasel like yep. creature? Right, yep. Do, do you know his name? I do not, no. <laughs> his name is Salacious B. Crumb. I don't know what Wow. The, 
what the B stands for, but I'll just throw out a random, you know, creature wow. trivia for you this week on the bizarre stat. Interesting. I didn't even know he had a name. Me neither. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think they use it in the movie. So someone literally had to like say, okay, let's. We're, we're getting ready to to credit this like whoever voiced that thing. What's the name of this thing? It's not like Jabba's little creature. It's Salacious B. Crumb. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, the, the MVP top three uh, in Stinky League after seven weeks here, we have a, a mad charging booby up to 1,024 points taking the lead over Gare Bear, who's 80 back of him with 944. And Stover just continues his, his midseason surge. And he's up to 920, and he's 23 back of Gary in that third spot. And behind that, Spross, PRB, and myself are within six points of each other right behind Stover. Yeah, Booty, I mean, Steve Steve is having, like, nightmares, I think, because Booty is surging right now. I mean, he's got – he's 80 up on the next closest person to him, and then 100 up after that. I mean – Durazio was kind of poking fun at, at Booty for preparing his MVP speech like two weeks ago. I mean, we're moving in that direction right now. Well, well, uh, more on that in a little bit. So hold on tight to that thought. Um, so let's move to the bottom four in scoring. Okay? okay. And that would be, you know, the fourth least points is Rustle. Frank Fredo has the third least points in the league. He's the only one in this bottom four that has a winning record, by the way. Mm-hmm. You are second to least, and Steve Littlefinger, Durazio the corpse, is still dead last in scoring. Yeah, now, Brent, I, I do want to just say, I highlight, I have gotten a lot of guys go out in, like, the fucking first quarter of games this year, which is just the worst. But this week in particular, Chris Carson was eating he played in 14 snaps and had 40 yards, five points-ish. And then that bomb, Carlos High comes in and puts up 17. I'm not even going to presume that Carson would be would have like gone off for more than what High produced the rest of the game. Let's just give my man double C those 17 points. That'd be 20. That's, that's 22, or I'm sorry, 17 more points. I would be up at like eighth right now in scoring. So I just want to highlight that it is very tight at the bottom as well, like you highlighted in the top like four, five, and six, like everyone's within six points. Everybody's basically within like 15 to 20 points from essentially the second to the lowest all the way up to like the eighth spot um, there. So there's still a lot of movement to be made there. But the one big takeaway there is Frankie feedback in the fucking third to worst slot in points right now with a five and two record. Gross. Yeah, awful. I mean, well, like I said, we're just about to the part where we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth, so hold on tight. All right, Gary leads in points against by nearly 100 points, and he still has a 5-2 and two record. Thought that was an interesting stat worth pointing out. Um, Rustle is behind him in points against, and Littlefinger is behind him. No surprise that they're um, you know, pretty down there in the record department, but Rustle is actually creeping, but... Uh, you know, Littlefinger doesn't have as many excuses being the third worst, but still having only one win. That's 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 pointing towards being on the blame being put on his team there. Okay, so 
it is worth mentioning here that James Robinson is now the RB3 in Stinky League, and he wasn't even drafted. And he's going to be in the conversation for pickup of the year, I have to imagine, by uh, Jew Lives Matter. Incredible. I, I obviously, I didn't even, I didn't even bet on him. Um, I think you and I had conversation about it. I had a conversation with other people about it. You know, we were all poo-pooing uh, that pickup by Booty, saying, "Oh yeah, uh, by week two or three, he's not even going to be in the lineup anymore." And like you said, I mean, he is a, a, a in a fi- he's a fixture now of the of this top ten slot. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure how much he paid for him. Maybe in the thirty to forty range, I think. But yeah, you got to imagine he's going to be in the running for a pickup of the year. Absolutely. So speaking of Drew Lives Matter, he has a top ten quarterback, two top ten running backs, two top ten wide receivers, a top ten tight end, and the number one overall defensive team in in Stinky. That is quite the resume for Week Seven right now. And again, that just goes to show you, look, we made the bet, as we usually do make a booty-centric bet, that I bet he would make the playoffs before the draft even took place. And after the draft, took, after the draft happened, Brent, you can go ahead. You were feeling pretty confident about that bet, weren't you? He didn't like his own draft coming out of the draft. I have that on recording. Right. And, and I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. I'm, I'm highlighting it because I didn't like the bet either coming out of the draft. Like, like both of us, like I don't think anybody liked his draft, as you said, including him. And now here he is, like I said, like almost a hundred points up on the field for MVP right now. Just and, and that just goes to show you, you never fucking know about this shit. You know, nobody ever knows about fantasy football. Anyone that thinks that they know or thinks that there's like an overwhelming amount of skill involved, like you have to know what you're doing, but you gotta get a lot of breaks along the way too. Yeah, like, uh, for example, Fredo. Exactly. So uh, last stinky stat here before we get into our next segment. Um, two Minnesota receivers are in the top six receivers in stinky. I don't even want to hear the name, Brent. You don't have to hear the name, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. Well, you'll, okay. you, might, you might not want to hear this name either, but can you tell me, you know, it, who the quarterback <sighs> is throwing to them and what he is ranked in stinky quarterback yeah. what? I would say Kirk Cousins. He's got to be top ten, right? If if the if he's got two top ten guys, two top six guys, and two top six guys, he's got to be top ten, right? He's QB twenty four. How does that? Even uh, how work? how does that <laughs> add up? I know it's bizarre. Wow, he must literally throw to nobody else ever. It might like the tight end running back. Nobody gets a single catch on that team other than those two guys. Yeah, or a lot of turnovers. I gotta, I, I'd have to look deeper into that, but that's pretty wild, right? Crazy. All right, so that's it for the Stinky Sats segment, and we can move into our next segment here, and I'll, I'll bring us right into it here. And, um, you know, it's a segment that we did last year, and I kind of want to bring it back. It's, it's real catchy. So let's roll right into this Trick or Troy segment. Okay. And this is going to be a little bit different this year. As I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, I'm going to make a, and you tell me if that statement is trick or Troy. All right. Okay. Okay. First one. Frank will be a playoff team. Trick or Troy? Now you're saying he will, or he deserves to be. (laughs) I'm saying he will. Is that going to happen or won't it? Trick or Troy? 
I'm gonna have to say Troy. I'm gonna have to say this guy's gonna just weasel his way, just slime his way into the playoffs. He's he's five and two somehow. I, I just he's not in though. He's in the toilet bowl right now, right? That's that's true. That's true. So if his points stay by, low enough, by, because by the way it works, you know, if you have the lowest points, regardless of record, you're in. You know, right. the bottom four points, you're in the toilet bowl. If you have the top six points, regardless of record, you're in the playoffs. So wouldn't that that would put him in the toilet bowl right now? I agree. That would be my interpretation as well. And he is right now. He is 16, I'm sorry, 13 points behind getting out of the toy. So, so in other words, the draft weasel and Mr. Little D's energy compensator are 12 points. They're tied at 797 and uh, Frankie is at 785. So right. right now he needs to crawl his way. He needs to find like, you know, outscore those guys the rest of the way. All right, so let's say he does outscore them. Let's look at his remaining games this year uh, for the for the record. Let's say he needs to win three games. He needs to be three and right. three. He right. wins, guarantees, probably locks him into a uh, record-wise into a playoff spot. Let's say he climbs out of the basement in terms of uh, points. So he plays bags this week, and, you know, Frank has those low point totals, and neither his two only reliable players in Mahomes and Hopkins they haven't had their bye yet. Well, Hopkins has his bye this week, okay? Right. And right. then Mahomes a little bit later on. So, the, you know, that's he, he has no bench. He has, he has no points to compensate right. for these players. So that's that's even less points he's right. going to get for the rest of the year. And here's the schedule. He plays Bags this week. He plays Two Lives Matter the next week. He plays Rustle, who's on the come up here. Yep, yep. He plays Draft Weasel, who's floundering. But, you know, he, you know, he does have a 4-3 and three record. Right. Then he plays... Stover, let's be tier four friends who has just been surging. And then he plays Schwarz, who has actually been putting together some weeks. So, you know, he's got to win three of those six games to really lock himself into a playoff spot record wise. And, uh, mm. you know, if he, if he wins only two of those, it's no guarantee for him, especially with those points. Right. Okay. I mean, you've, you've kind of talked me out of it. I think I, I'm now leaning more towards Trek now. Okay. All right. Next one. Jew Lives Matter will win the MVP. Trick or Troy? I'm going to go with Troy on that one. Wow, you're locking him in. One big week and you're just anointing him MVP, huh? I mean, like I said, I'm looking at He's up 80 right now. And he didn't even he, – he scored 205 points this week with zero points from his tight end, which is a position of strength, which will be back this week because Andrews was on by. And he didn't have Jones. His be, Basically, his best player didn't play this week. So he gets a zero, and his best player doesn't play this week, and he still put up 200 points. I like the way that this arrow is pointing for July's matter. I'm going to join right. Troy in the pool house and say Troy on him winning the MVP. All right, all right. So next up, Air Bear will win the championship. Trick or Troy? Wow. Oh. I'm going to say Trick and take the field. I actually... I, for a dark horse candidate, not really not dark horse the way he's been performing the last uh, couple weeks, I like Stover's team uh, in the playoffs. I like his. I've looked ahead at the matchups. The bomb schedule. I, I the the bomb Jackson schedule is so utterly tantalizing from like week 13 through 16. I mean, I just don't see. So if he needs a win that last week to get in, he'll get it. And then the, those those games then in the playoffs are very, very, very cushy. 
Um, I, I like Stover's shot um, to win the chip this year. Uh, if he gets in, and I think he'll get in at this point with his points being what they are, and he's over 500. So, yeah, I'm going to take the field and say that that's not that I don't love Gare Bear's team, but if I'm going to take the field or one guy at this point, I'm going to say trick on Gary winning the chip. All right. We liked him a lot. We've been pumping his tires for the last, like, five episodes here. Now you're going trick. All right. It's a little switch up. I do like it. He'll be, he'll be right there. He's going to be a Final Four team, maybe in the title game. But, I, I, again, I'll take the field. Okay. All right. So, Littlefinger will win the Toilet Bowl title this season. Oh. Trick Ooh. or Troy? Oh. Well, Brent, you know, I'm going to say he looks like he's got the worst team right now, but he, he's on the ropes, but he's a champion. He's a, he's a you know, uh, an MVP formerly. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm going to say that that's Trick. I'm going to say he's going to find a way to not win that game. Uh, he's going to win one of those last two games. Honestly, going into this week, I would have said Schwarz would have been the toilet bowl winner. Wow. Uh, now he has 182 points because one of it, one guy has 63 points uh, on that on that lineup. So now that looks obviously like it's not going to happen. He's all of a sudden somehow over 500 and points a little bit here. Um, he basically basically Schwarz scored as much as he's he averages. In a, in a week t- times two. Like, Schwarz basically had two weeks of scoring <laughs> for him in this week. So that really uh, bolsters him. But I still think somehow, some way, is uh, going to get healthy enough by the end of the year, make enough moves with the zero fab money that he has, and, and not win the tournament. Yeah, right. I mean, presumably Michael Thomas comes back. But, you know, the offense around Zeke, his best player, is crumbling. So that's kind of a wash, you know? That's true. That's true. Either way, um, let's move on to the next one here. And Russ will be at the banquet. Trick or Troy? I'm going to have to say trick on this one. Oh, God. (laughs) Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Uh, Russ, it's been booby. It's been two vacant years in a row at the banquet. For me to believe it, I'm going to have to see it. Show up and prove me wrong. Trick, you're not going to be there. All right, all right. Um, so enough with the owners. Let me get to a player here. Zombie Antonio Brown will be a difference maker this season. Trick or Troy? I'm going to say Trick again. I'm just all, I'm for the tricks. I don't want the Troy right now. I'm going to say Trick. I think it, it, it's a nice pickup and a nice uh, acquisition in the sense that, look, they can't get healthy for whatever reason at the wide opposition. Evans has not been healthy all year. He continues to nurse various lower body injuries to, to take a, a designation out of the NHL there. Lower body injury, whatever the hell that means. And then now Godwin with the broken finger. Who knows how long he might be out. Uh, but ultimately, if they do at any point get healthy for a stretch run, um, I, you know, I think I, I view Brown more as like kind of the slot guy, maybe getting some of the sloppy seconds from Evans and, and Godwin. And Brady's boy, Gronk, who's now emerging, thank God, for uh, Fredo. I know he's been waiting for, like, three years for that to happen. So I'm going to say trick, pump the brakes on Antonio Brown. Sorry about that, PRP. All right, last one here. Weasel will end the season with less than 100 million fab, trick or Troy? I'm going to say trick. This guy is... (laughs) This guy is very stingy with the purse drops on, on that fab dollar. He just doesn't want to spend it for whatever reason. 
Uh, there's a lot of difference makers out there that he could have had, obviously, and passed on. So I'm just going to say he doesn't, you know, I, is it the fab that he's stingy about? Is it the $7 per transaction? Maybe a combination of both. I don't know, but I don't see him spending that. All right, that's the last one I have. That is a wrap for the Trick or Troy segment this episode. Amazing. Brent, great segment. Um, and look, we surprised Stinky Nation with a sneak peek of one of our upcoming film projects early in the show. But we are actually working on a little something else here. Also, not surprisingly, it is Halloween themed. This one in particular is near and dear to my heart. I don't know if it's actually dear, but it is near. Uh, and it really resonates with my overall theme of the season. And I think it will hit home with a couple other owners around the league. So enjoy this one if you can. And make sure you join us after this break for a packed picks segment. The boys of Sneaky League don't know it yet. But something is coming for them. Left the bodies and you only move the headstones! You only move the headstones! Just when you thought it was safe to watch NFL football this Sunday, the injury bug will seize your team and take control. A starting wideout, your star running back. Don't look now. But your number one quarterback's foot is on backwards. <laughs> Before you know it, your entire roster is in a body bag. Coming this October. No one knows where it came from or who will be next. Whatever you do, don't put on Red Zone. If he puts you on his roster, no one will survive. From Stinky Cast Productions, the directors of Homo Alone and Empty Bags, comes a new masterpiece in fantasy terror. Nightmare on Durkin Street. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. And wow, it certainly has been an outright fright fest of a season for some from an injury standpoint. I know it has been for me, but... Brett, the games must go on. Uh, who will be playing them? In some cases, we don't really even know at this point. I might not even know who my running back is this week. But one thing is for sure, someone is going to have to win these games. So, Brett, let's see if you can maybe be a little more successful this week than you have been to this point of the season. Um, you know, I'm holding a strong, I believe, seven-game lead overall on you through seven weeks. Yeah, you know, I got to take some risks here, obviously, to try and uh, come back. And uh, I have my picks all laid out here so we can get right into this. Um, 
I'm going to start it off and I'm going to talk about the Stover versus myself game. Now, this is a tough one to pick, but honestly, I feel as though me picking myself to win has been a reverse jinx, and I'm picking Stover to win this week, even though he has Lamar playing against Pittsburgh. I think that Devontae Adams playing against Minnesota is a complete nightmare for me, and I just have a bad feeling about this game. I'm taking Stover. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I have my picks written out here, too. I'm going to concur with you. Um, I like Stover. He seems to be on a bit of a roll here. Um, obviously, uh, you know, LaBum Jackson uh, is, is, is going – who knows what's going to, to happen uh, with that situation. I don't like that matchup in, in the least. Um, but as you highlighted, I mean, it, how many points might Devontae have this week? I mean, over over under – 35 points what would you take the over the under there over yeah i agree i think this guy's gonna have like a 40 spot this week so um you know both of you you know i don't know it looks like you know you've slid in uh, i'm just looking at the matchup here brent have you benched josh allen as of the time of this recording i have joe burrow in against tennessee instead of what i think is going to be a pissed off new england defense after getting rocked by San Fran, and I am considering benching Josh Allen, but that is not written in stone just yet. Okay, that, that I was going to say that's a bold because I was I got a little tripped up there in my when I was talking because I was going to say both of you guys have tough matchups for your quarterbacks this week. Uh, Lamar against Pittsburgh, obviously, and then yes, I do think that's a tough matchup against New England. But then I saw Burrow was in there. That would be a bold call, um, but yeah, I think yeah, this is going to well, be a Burrow. Tight- Burrow versus Tennessee. Right, right, exactly. Um, and but he's been so prolific this year, and he's throwing it so damn much that you gotta like the chances. And the way Tennessee has been lighting it up on offense, you have to imagine that's just gonna be a game ripe for about fifty-five throws for Burrow. Um, so well, I would the over under is 50, about fifty-five, and the mm. over under in that Buffalo game is a gross looking low forty-three points. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. So I definitely see where you're coming from. That will be that'll be something to keep an eye on if you do that. But I do at the moment. I do like Stover uh, by the slimmest of margins. I concur with you. Stover gets the victory here. All right. So let's move on to the next one here. We both concur on that one. And the next one up is the Bags Fredo game. I'll let you pick this one first. Yeah, um, Brent, and we were kind of talking about this off air, uh, just in terms, not this game specifically, but like in Fredo's chances of making the playoffs. And I personally think that it hinges on this week's game. Like, I think if Frank wins this game this week, I think he makes the playoffs. And if he loses this game, I think he's out. And I'm going to think, I'm just going to believe that the fantasy gods are not going to let someone in third to last in points win another freaking game this week. He's yet again, probably barely going to get a hundred points like he does every single week. The question is, can bags actually take advantage of it? Uh, And I think this week is the week that empty bags, finds some substance in that bag, gets a victory and pushes Fredo into the L column mercifully. So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier with uh, Hopkins being off and his newfound stumbled in, stepped in shit, starting running back Chase Edmonds, right. both on by. 
Um, you know, I feel like that is just too much for, for a team who just rides Mahomes and Hopkins getting points every week to have some sort of success. He's not going to be able to overcome that. And I'm going to take bags here as well. Come on, fantasy gods. Don't let us down. All right. Next up, we have J and TJ. This is my pick here. And this was a little bit of a tough one to make a pick on, partly because whenever I pick you, you lose. And whenever I don't pick you, you win. The CBS projections, which you like to bring up, whatever they are worth, has you guys even at 107-107. I, on the other hand, think you win this game because Rodgers playing Minnesota and you know DJ Moore playing Atlanta, A.J. Brown playing Cincinnati, Johnny Smith playing Cincinnati. I mean, do I need to say any more? And especially the Bills against New England, the way Cam is playing. I'm going to have to just give you the win over a banged-up TJ team. Brent, I mean, you highlighted it. My matchups are sheerly luscious right now. I mean, this is the week. Like, it was all going to come together for me, Brent. Like, I, I was looking like I was cruising towards a buck 70 maybe uh, in this past week. And then all the luscious matchups you highlighted, plus Debo Samuel going against that heinous that that just reprehensible secondary of Seattle. Austin Eckler flowing. Chris Carson, er, not so <laughs> fast, baby, because Debo Samuel is out. Chris Carson is out. John, uh, Eckler is not back yet. I don't even have another running back. I've got Joshua Kelly, who's averaging about five points per game. He's my only running back. I'll be playing Rodrigo Blankenship. <laughs> this week in place of Debo in that luscious Seattle matchup. I got nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm left for dead. Just when I think this is why Booty is, he's like my hype man. Booty's like my life coach. He's always constantly telling me positive outlook, Jay. Positive, be positive, have the positivity. This is why last week is a prime example of why I will never be positive because I am just, I lose my way into it. I just, the, the universe collides around my loser self to bring me back down to earth and check me whenever like a little whiff of something positive is happening like last week. Of course, I'm not picking myself here, Brent. And not only am I not picking myself, oh, God. you put a goddamn lock on it. TJ oh, is going to be McLovin and tugging the jerk and jerking all over my face. I'm not going to get to 500. I'm going to three and five. You heard it here first. Wow, you're locking TJ after the the sponsorship of his of his nightmare on on Durkin Street, and you're gonna lock him in this week, huh? Correct. Well, the problem being, you already oh. chose TJ. Oh. As a- <laughs> Damn it! All right. Well, well, now we'll do a live. I'll do an impromptu. Oh live, no, we're doing but, a live. But we'll uh, we'll. I'm still gonna take TJ over me. So that's a difference. Between you and I this week. So, yeah, we're going to have to do this live, Jay. And, um, you know, that actually reminds me that I kind of glossed over this, but I am going to lock bags in over Fredo, the fraud team this week. He is my lock for this week. Bags, empty bags. Please, buddy, don't let me down. I need you to win this week. Okay, there you go. I'm going to not, I'm not going to use bags. I'm going to use somebody else that we haven't got to yet. So, why don't we continue on, and uh, I'll, I'll let the listeners know who that's going to be when we reach that game. Now, before we talk about this game, I want to highlight something, because this is the Littlefinger versus the Fab Snake Schwarz game. And- 
Schwartz has Deshaun Watson on by this week. He does not have a quarterback on his roster. Coming up in a couple picks is the PRB weasel game. PRB has a quarterback on by in Kyler Murray this week. He is not carrying a backup quarterback. So I'm going to interrupt this pick segment with a surprise battle battle this week. Wednesday night, baby, between PRB and Schwarz fighting it out over two quarterbacks this week. And, you know... We can look at who's available quarterback-wise and almost highlight who they're going to have to pick from here. But I already took a look at it, and it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo at Seattle. That defense is tra- pass defense is trash. And Baker Mayfield at home versus the Raiders. They're going to be, I mean, they'll probably be content ending up with either one of those. But, you know, let's, let's see who gets who in this fab battle for quarterbacks on Wednesday night. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, obviously having Carson, I know that that the Seattle running backs are in just complete sheer disarray. Uh, Carlos Hyde is highly questionable as well. So you've got Carson out there. Hyde is trending towards not playing. Then Travis Homer is also questionable with a knee injury. Like the the literally the Seahawks have no running backs left. You got to figure. They're going to be throwing the ball a shit ton, speaking of Seattle, and that looks like that's going to be a pretty high-scoring affair. And boy, oh boy, Seattle secondary is heinous butthole. So you would think that, as I like to call him, Jimmy Garoppo Faggot, based on the negative point game he laid down for me when Aaron was on bye week, you got to think Garoppolo is the prize here in this head-to-head matchup. So let's see some dicks between PRB and Schwartz, who wants him? Who is going to come and get James Garoppolo? Yeah, maybe they can wear some costumes and meet up in the middle of the street and have like a Halloween fab battle. You know, who has the who has the better costume? Who has the better quarterback between uh, Schwartz and PRB? I guess PRB is going to dress up as Cookie Monster. Probably, and then maybe they could glaze a donut or something. Like have <laughs> like, a, like a donut glazing competition. Winner takes Garoppolo. The Pirate vs. Cookie Monster. (laughs) Incredible. Okay, so we are settling in on this game, though, right? The the Nazi Steve versus Pirate Hooker, correct? Correct, correct. That is the game. And it is my to pick, I believe, first, right? It is. It is. Well, listen, I haven't picked Durazio much this year. I did pick him in one of his wins. The, the, The one game he won, I picked. Uh, and I'm going to the well again this week on Durazio just I just because again I refuse to believe that he was going to go like oh for five or whatever when I picked him last time. I refuse to believe he's going to go one and one for seven. And Pirate Hooker, speaking of frauds, that four and three record, I I need to audit that record. I don't I want to know how the hell he's won four games this year. So I need to go back and look into that. He's a fraud team as well. Durazio is going to find a way this week. He's going to get a little bit healthy. He's going to win it. Not only that, I can't use TJ over me for the lock, so I'm going to throw a lock on Durazio this week. You heard it here first, Stinky Nation. I'm throwing a lock on a 1-6 and six team. Durazio, Bobby, don't let me down. I'm going to take Schwarz. I've picked Steve the past two weeks. He is mm. fucked up, let me down, lost the games, lost the picks for me. I'm done with it. I've had enough. I'm taking Schwarz. That is going to be the opposite of you this week for that one. Yes, this is perfect because 
basically like I do the reverse of whatever you pick. The same is true with Durazio. So we can go ahead and pencil this in for oh, a swing God. game for me. Yes, And sir. you have the lock. If you lose, exactly. that's a big swing. That's a big swing. So it come is. on, Schwarz, ride this momentum, pick up the right quarterback, and make it happen this week, buddy. Let's right. go, Razio. <laughs> All right. So next game we have uh, Gary versus Spross. Gary trying to break that two-game skid he's on. Spross is trying to recover from that nightmare on whatever street he lives on. And it's uh, – you know, it's a game that I got to pick first. And going through the matchups here, I got to take Garibar to bounce back and beat Spross. Yeah, I agree. This is this is actually a tougher call than you would think. The projections look obviously very lopsided because Spross has like four or five holes in that lineup right now. He's eating some holes right now. Maybe um, he won't even change his lineup. Who knows? He, maybe he won't. Um, but like you said, Gary has lost two games in a row. Woof. I do not think it becomes three games in a row. I agree with you. I think Gary gets right this week. He's got some pretty good matchups. I think he's probably going to have to change out Cam Newton uh, at this point, although Breeze is not a good matchup either playing that Chicago defense. So not a very favorable QB matchup. And we failed uh, to Gary. mention that that Spross has, is dealing with the season-ending nail in the coffin on the conversation about Odell Beckham. Correct. So that's one of his holes that he's currently eating right now. Uh, but he's got some people he can slide in there. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's going to go in there. Uh, Marquise Brown's going to get in for, for one of those other holes. So um, despite the poor quarterback situation that I've highlighted there uh, briefly for Gary, I still look around and the other matchups are just luscious for him. Um, you know, he's got Hunt going against the, the, the Raiders. You've got Henry going against the Titans. Uh, you know, I, I think Gary's going to bounce back and get that record up to six and two, get another big week, probably like another 150 point week. Agreed. I've got that same thing. So we're, we're in lock step on that one. And the next game up that I had previously mentioned with PRB needing a quarterback, it is the PRB versus the weasel this week. And this one is on you to pick first. Oh, this is the hardest game of the week. Of course I have to go first with it. Um, Obviously, PRB, speaking of holes, PRB, <laughs> PRB, I hope he has a bib for all those glazed donuts he's eating right now uh, on this roster. Like, ha- like his entire team is on bye, it looks like, uh, this week. But he does have guys coming back off of buys um, that he's going to plug in there. It really hinges on that quarterback situation. I, you know, I would be leaning towards the weasel in this game. Uh, except for I don't like his matchups either. He's got Ben and James Conner against the Ravens at Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to trust that PRB is going to find the right guy uh, at quarterback and plug in these dudes coming in off of bye. It's hard to call a guy projected for 51 points currently to get the win, but I'm going to do just exactly that and take PRB to get the win this week, move to 6-2, and and drop the weasel to 4-4, and and my goodness, if the weasel drops to four and four after he started three and oh, look out. Wow. Yeah, that would be quite, quite the the downturn for the weasel that we, you know, I have been talking about expecting that. But, you know, I don't think he has been expecting such a dramatic drop off. But like you said, if PRB wins, it will be that dramatic. And I, I have to say this was a tough game to pick. And I went through the matchups and, and who possibly might get put in for who. And he's got Justin Jefferson he can plug in. That uh, I know you didn't mention him by name 
and you know, in the same way that you know, you wouldn't mention Beetlejuice three times, you didn't want to mention Justin Jefferson's name, but you know, plugging him into the lineup, I think I think it boosts him up a little bit here, and I think I got to go with. I got to agree with you. I think I'm going with PRB over the Weasel to complete that that what is it four game skid for the Weasel? Oh yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be officially one and four after the three and zero start. Oh. Oof, woof, yikes! That's a nightmare for the Weasel after getting pretty chesty there after his uh, early start. Very very chesty. Let's see if he can beat PRB this week. But the last game on the slate is the Jew loves <laughs> Jew loves Jew lives <laughs> matter and versus Rustle, who is, you know, he's been active this week. He's, he's calling Frankie's team a fraud. Like everyone in the league probably all, already agrees with, and he's pointing it out on the WhatsApp chain. He's, he's fired up, man. And he's coming into this game against uh Jew lives matter. Who's coming off of just a huge explosion, 204 points. Can he really, you know, come back and do that again this week against Russell, who they have that big bet. There's obviously a lot of, you know, hostility between the two um, in regards to that bet and, you know, some draft stuff. Let's see who can win this week. But, you know, if this is my game to pick, it's tough to pick against Booby this week or any week at this point, the way his team is playing. So I'm going to have to go with him, but like, it's really tough to tell because if McCaffrey goes this week and he's going against Atlanta, I mean, mm-hmm. geez, like talk about coming back into a smash spot and Ayuk playing against Seattle, Corey Davis, he was not great, but he's playing against Cincinnati. He could catch a touchdown. You know, I don't know. I, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than than Booby's probably expecting it to be. I agree. It's going to be closer uh, than anticipated, but I agree also with you that Booty is the pick here. I got I got to stay with the with the hot hand. He's got the Chiefs defense who just put up 41 in the last game going against the Jets this week. My goodness. Can we see a back-to-back, like, 30, 40-point game from the defense? And, I mean, when you get Brent, uh, when you look at how bad defenses, by and large, have been this year, when you get, like, over 25 points from your defense, like, you're going to have a huge week, like, period. Like, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, I mean, I, I really like his matchups as well. He's got Tannehill. That's who I would go with as well um, for his, his little quarterback shuffle. You know, ultimately, I think Booty stays hot, gets six and two. And I think, and Russ obviously drops two and six, but uh, I think he does get another like 120s. I think Russ puts up like 125, 130 this week. Uh, not, no uh, uh, game to be, you know, ashamed of by any stretch of the imagination, but ultimately not enough to get big Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, man, I would really, really like to pick the upset here and take Rustle and, and, you know, have that come through, but it's just, it's just really tough um, not knowing McCaffrey's health. So I'm going to have to play it safe here and take Booby. I think I already took a big enough risk in that lock game. So I will stick to my pick here and, you know, I want to segue right from this game into this new segment that I want to try and get into here, right at the end of the picks, where we, we each give like a bold prediction. We're going to call it too bold. Our most expensive girl. But well worth it. I assure you. Too old. Sounds like too old. And it's two of us <laughs> making bold picks. There's the explanation. Too bold this week. I have my pick for the too bold. Do you have yours? 
Okay, why don't why don't you start us off? Um, okay. And do you want? Is this just player centric? Is it? Could it be like owner centric? Like what? Kind of hash this out a little bit. I think it should be player centric, like okay. almost like a like a dart throw, you know, right. DFS play. Who do you think this week? I'm taking uh, Brandon Ayuk to have over a hundred yards and two touchdowns this week, and that is coming from this Booty Rustle game. Wow. So you're going, whoa. Okay. So you're going, oh, wow. And, and that's Russ's player too, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. And you still like booty to, to persevere and, and, and overcome. Yeah. Cause you know, Robbie Anderson could do the same damn thing to Atlanta. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, where I'm going to go, Brent, I'm going to go into the quarterback match up here of the guys without quarterbacks. Um, and I'm going to take Jimmy Garoppolo actually as, as my bold kind of my, my bold proclamation of the week. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will outpoint Russell Wilson in the same game. Oh, that's a good one. So that's stinky scoring. Correct. Correct. So, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say that, that, um, Garoppolo will well, have... our 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 bold predictions are actually tied because I have Ayuk. Correct. Right. Is that exactly right? So, and that's why I'm I'm so high on one of these two guys. Whoever gets Garoppolo is gonna, I think, have the prize of the weekend because I really think I think that game's gonna be a shootout. I'm honestly, I think that game could go either way. I think San Francisco might win that game. Honestly, Seattle might lose two in a row, um, and it's gonna just be because. Seattle's defense is so bad, and Garoppolo is finally tuned up after missing those games early. Uh, obviously, he's missing Debo, but I think that, that Garoppolo has a big, big week. I think he's going to have over 300 yards and three tutties. All right. All right, so there you have it. There's our first two-bold segment there, and uh, we'll see what comes true. But, man, you're, we're, we're really setting up a big, frightening pre-Halloween fab battle here between PRB and Schwarz, that's for sure. Get the donuts ready, boys. Glaze them up. All right. Nom, nom, nom. Cookie monster. <laughs> Man, what a show, Brent. I know you say it uh, often each year, but uh, that this is your favorite show of the year, and hopefully it lived up to your expectations and the listeners' expectations as well. I know I enjoyed myself recording it. Hopefully all of you owners out there can escape this weekend with your playoff aspirations alive and without your entire rosters in a body bag. Unfortunately, I am certain there will be many more scares to come this weekend. Brent, good luck with your picks this week, uh, and let me get your dress size sometime over the weekend uh, if, if you have the opportunity to measure, because I'm still holding that seven-game lead. Durazio, one last plea to you in closing. Let's go, brah. Get that lock for me. And to the rest of you, Stay safe out there on Saturday night, Stinky Nation. Keep those buttholes tightened as always. And make sure you join us next week. Same Stinky time, same Stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good, good night, night now. I'm just an average man with an average life. I work from 9 to 5. Hell, I pay the price.
gremlins, bats, demons, trolls, poltergeists, witches, swamp creatures, ogres, goblins, warlocks, and Mexicans.